There he is. <laughs> Mr. Shuli is here? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I don't see him. He wants to make an entrance like Punk. There he is. <laughs> Shalom, Mr. Shuli. What's happening? How are you, brother? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for giving us your time tonight. No problem. You what, got it. What would you be doing tonight if you were not on this show? Well, I just finished dinner with the fam, so we'd probably be watching something. Uh, big fans of uh, that show alone. We watch that a lot because I think me and my wife secretly just want to get the fuck away from these kids um, and just be in a tent somewhere. And, 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 you know, surrounded by bears and cougars. Seems like a better life. No. Uh, <laughs> but now we're, 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 you know, I usually try if I'm not here in my uh, office on my computer, I'm either recording or going live. I, I do three podcasts. I, I stream on Twitch, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, the dad and husband comes first. Yes. So whenever I get an opening, I'm usually down here doing something stupid and childish. And I can relate to all that because, uh, well, I got three daughters. So when I'm not being a dad or a husband, uh, I'm down here doing the same goddamn thing, uh, being childish, yeah. doing this show, playing a video game. I'm right now. I'm into the Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, I'm late to the wow. game, but that's what I've been doing right now. Yeah, I uh, I never got into Last of Us. I'm I'm just uh, I I I have a lot of um, you know unreleased anger deep down inside. So I need a good first person shooter where you know I can I can tell some twelve year old in Iowa I'm going to beat the shit out of them when I fly out there. You know what I mean? Will Will you be pre ordering the new Modern Warfare? Already on it. Done. Good job. Good job. Thank you. Are you? Gonna be into Madden coming out tomorrow. Nope, a Madden ship has sailed yeah, on me. I uh, when the computer's better than you, it's time to hang up the cleats, my friend. That is true. So, have you moved completely over to PC gaming? Yes, I'm on PCs, uh, PC full time. Um, but you know, I said, uh, unlike Madden, FIFA is a big big uh love of mine love yeah. fifa love soccer it's pretty much the only sport i watch these days okay uh, so, so i was gonna start to cut you off there i was gonna get to that later in the show but i'll get to it now i'm a big fifa guy myself um yeah. i play pro clubs a ton yeah yeah and my my pro clubs uh my the other guy that played pro clubs with me has gotten me to do it on the PC blah 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 but we're Liverpool mm. fans here and I know that you are a Liverpool supporter as well so uh thoughts so far on our first two games I know we need midfield help man yeah, that's, that's uh that's point. the thing the midfield we miss uh, Thiago greatly mm. uh he's hurt he's down he's usually running the ship for us back there uh, we got some, you know, we got, uh, who's that kid we picked up, uh, from Fulham, I think Carvalho or something. Yeah, um, he, he's good. It takes time too, man. Even Darwin, you know, yeah. uh, the, everybody's so quick to jump on him 
And they would do the same if, you know, uh, Holland over there in, uh, in Man City would be choking up a storm. They'd be all yep. over his shit, too. When you get to that level, you're expected to be great 24-7. And you're joining a new team. You're joining a new uh, organization with a different, I'm sure, with a different approach to the game. And you got to learn it. And you got to get comfortable with these people. And so it's just going to take time. You can't, you know. I've been a fan through the hard years, so I'm fine with this start. It, it could be much, much worse. How how did you become a, a football, a soccer fan? My dad used to try and get me to what my dad's, you know, uh, Israeli guy. I always grew up on soccer, loves it. I was never interested in it. I, I was football, hockey, uh, you know, quick and with contact. Those were the sports that I liked. And uh, when I moved out to New York to start uh, working for the Stern Show, the cable company that I had out there had Fox Soccer Channel on it. Okay. And, uh, and, and this was the game that I watched was the uh, Champions League 2004, Liverpool against AC Milan mm. and the comeback and the victory. And I was just like, that's my team. I knew nothing about them other than I just watched an amazing game. Yeah. I loved watching Stevie G play. Yep. He's my favorite player. And uh and and the love affair was born. Uh and so I've I've never strayed since. Yeah. I uh I was late to the game on soccer as well. And ironically I became a a soccer fan because mm-hmm. that same friend of mine that I play pro clubs with got me to play FIFA ten. Uh mm-hmm. because we had nothing else to do. We played FIFA ten pro clubs. And I was like, I love this. I love this. I love the game that I'm playing, physically, a video game. Uh, they say video games uh, ruin society. I, I don't know. but uh, And then I'm a big Red Sox fan. Red Sox have a big stake in Liverpool, so I gravitated right. towards them. <laughs> and since then, I don't know what year that was, uh, I've been full Liverpool all the way. Well, nobody's going to knock you for that. Not on the, not on this taping, anyway. <laughs> not on this. And it's weird because uh, I was saying at the start of the show tonight, um, you were on the list to be on this show when I first uh, had it come out of my brain a long time ago. Uh, because I feel, I mean, you said it earlier, Stern Show. I've been listening to the Stern Show since probably, I, I mean, I could turn a radio on, and right. And uh, and then I found out you were a Liverpool fan. I don't know how. And and uh, it's just it's weird. And then you you had things with the Iron Sheik and Beetlejuice. It's just so strange that I feel like I know you, but I don't know you, which is odd. Do you, do you get that a lot? Absolutely. Yeah. It was the same for me before I started working I there. You know, I was I was a, a super fan for many many years, listening. You know, every chance I, I would get. I would record best ofs, uh, that segments that I really liked. And, you know, I, I was t- totally in 100% on the show uh, since the first time I, I saw it. I saw the Channel 9 show first, and then the radio show came out on the West Coast where I could hear it finally. And I was hooked up until that point. Um, and yeah, you, you, I remember when they came to Vegas and I was living out there and this was before I worked for them and, uh, I just started calling into the show and you see all these people walking by, you know, Jason Kaplan, Ralph Sorella, and you're just like, Oh, there's Ralph. And you say hi. And, and then 
having worked there and like been a part of a segments that uh that fans remember you know you you you're walking around and somebody's like hey how's the baby clothes or you know how's how's your mom doing uh right. and and i'm just like who the fuck and i'm like oh yeah that's right <laughs> you forget you know how many people are actually listening and and listening over and over again and uh yeah so it's 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 like i get it i've been on both sides so i understand it um before i move on to anything else i have a ton of bullet points which i may or may not get to uh my wife tonight who took my two oldest daughters out to see a wedding singer play oh yeah right um wanted you to know mr shuley that she yeah. is very sad that she will not be here for tonight's show because uh, she's a big Shuli fan and Stern fan. So she uh, she's a fan of Tan Mom, right? <laughs> she's a fan of Tan Mom. Yeah. yeah, most most wives or women that are fans of mine love the Tan Mom voice. They that's their, that's their hello. hello. How are you? How are you? <laughs> Do you was there a was there a puppet? for her do you still have there was they made a puppet no they the show made that puppet i i made this one behind me that's a jeff the drunk puppet uh (laughs) that i found in the trash and i thought it was fitting that uh i turned this thing that was in the trash into jeff the drunk so we bought some baby clothes we bought uh that cowboy hat you put on dogs yep uh you know i found i found his john lennon glasses and uh and put and put one googly eye on in, in <laughs> different spots so he's got he's got a his wonky it's very authentic and uh i kept it when i left i said i i made it he's it's like a divorce i'm keeping the baby <laughs> <laughs> ironically jeff the drunk is literally um from my neck of the woods from right where my wife works my wife works well i'll i'll let it out there at the va hospital but right across the street is albany med which jeff probably new york Albany. yeah exactly does she know jeff has he sent her a dick pic yet not yet no she he sent me a bunch i yeah well i mean the the mistake women make with that is they say hello yeah that is the mistake that's the opening that he needs to send you his uh stock dick pic photo (laughs) that he he his go-to his best his best picture ever taken do you think there's a watermark on that dick pic getty images (laughs) they own the rights to it Oh, uh, but yeah. So my wife was disappointed tonight, but yeah, she's parenting. Someone's got to well, do it. Tell her, tell her I'm used to disappointing wives, and I apologize yet again. No, no problem. Um, I will ask a personal question, but you do not have to answer. The last time I heard uh your personal life on the Stern Show, you had two kids. Do you have two kids? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I do. Cool. That that I'm aware of. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, um, I d- I did a lot of touring with Beetlejuice, so who knows what the fuck's out there? Yeah, he'll claim them, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you'll be able to tell. I would hope. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. Most recently, uh, since I guess this is a wrestling quote unquote show, you were at the Woodstock of wrestling, uh, as I heard that coin somewhere. Uh, the Ric Flair's last, the Ric Flair roast, Ric Flair's last match. Um, what was that like? Uh, in a nutshell, 
Well, uh, the you did hear a coin somewhere. It was coined by this very Jew right here. I uh, I called it the Woodstock of wrestling because you really you had peace for three days between every wrestling company you can think of. People coming to this show that would never come to a show in public um, that were that were working for other companies that everything was given the green light people people gave their blessings on this that you just would never think would happen it was it was uh the planets aligning for in the wrestling world man it, it was pretty wild and listen just to be there like if they just asked me to write for the roast i'd be psyched because i know i'd be uh able to go and and meet these people that i you know grew up idolizing these guys are like superheroes to us man and it's it's uh it's tough to explain to people who don't get it but Mm -hmm. being able to meet these people and and shake their hand and thank them uh it's important man they they lay their bodies on the line night after night you see them the the older ones you see it now how how they're you know uh going through life and it's like those fuckers gave it their all man and and I respect the shit out of any performer, whether it's physical on stage, you know, it's it's the toughest thing to do. So for me, just to be around those people was awesome. Then you throw in the fact that that we're roasting the right. godfather of wrestling, Ric Flair, like uh, get the fuck out of here, you know, and the comics on the bill are friends of mine. They're they're killers. They're huge wrestling fans. So. When we're there, we're like 13 years old again, man. We're all just fucking elbowing each other, going, fucking lead over there, you know. <laughs> and we're just like, it, it was, it was amazing, man. It was, uh, it was a great experience. I'm so thankful that uh, Conrad uh, is the genius that he is, and and put that together, and thought enough of me to uh, invite me to be a part of it. It was, it was amazing. Now you you said uh, you'd be honored to just write for the roast. I I you were also on the roast for uh, Bruce Pritchard. Was it Bruce Pritchard yeah. or brother? Yeah, Bruce Pritchard. Right. And yeah. Uh, so have you wrote? Have you always performed on the roast, or have you? Did you start writing and then performing as well, or or how'd that work out? Well, I mean, you know, performing and writing go hand in hand. Right. You can't do one with the other. Um, so writing, yes, I've been doing for a while. Writing roasts is, is very different. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that I was kind of, sh- I'd done one roast uh, back in Vegas before I left to go work for the Stern Show. And within two, three months, I think, or maybe four months of working there, uh, the Stern Show was putting on their own roast. Right. And yep. these were live on the air roasts that you know comedy central you're seeing a a edited condensed version of the best of the best you you don't see the people that go up and bomb and and you know people that go too long and all that shit so uh it was very nerve-wracking to to be thrown into that mix and then you and then you look at the lineup who were on these roasts it was you know a murderer's Rose, Colin Quinn, Greg Giraldo, Nick DiPaolo, Lisa Lampanelli, uh, Attell, you know, I mean, just, just brilliant, brilliant, uh, writers and comics and can't wait. You know, they're not, they ain't selling unless it's funny right. in wrestling terms, right? Nobody's yeah. just going to laugh to help you out as a comic. Fuck that. These guys have been around. 
they're they, you got to earn that respect by having funny shit and uh not to mention Artie, you know yeah. Artie being a part of these roasts too was phenomenal so um it was great it was great it was it was a great uh that's what you need in life sometimes is just to get shoved into shit that you probably wouldn't do if you had time to think about it. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, but back to your original thing, the Bruce Pritchard roast right. was something that Conrad asked me to do at the first star cast. Yep. It was the and, first one. Yeah. Uh, Mike Lawrence, uh, Dan St. Germain, who was on the flare roast. Yep. Um, uh, Ron Funches. Uh, my buddy James Mattern, great comic, huge wrestling fan. Uh, so we were all a part of this roast um, for Bruce Pritchard, which was awesome and a blast. And I did it in a mask. It and, was great. Uh, <laughs> it was yeah, great. Um, something I okay. So you you've been on my list to have on a show forever, and then I saw the flare roast, and I mentioned this earlier tonight. I saw the flare roast, and I was like. I got to reach back out to Shuli and, and see what we can do, see if we can get him on. And it, it literally was the initial like kickoff of uh, your, your set. Um, and it had to do with Brad Nestler. Now. Oh yeah. I'm a big college. I thought you were talking about the Jeff Hardy joke. No, uh, but, was you a... know, Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy joke was the Jeff Hardy joke. Yeah. Um, I, I just that. said I had to get to my hotel. I had to leave as yeah. soon as the roast was over because I want to get to my room before Jeff Hardy hits the road. Yeah. And uh, and that kind of set the table. They groaned right out the gate. And I'm just like, well, in my head, I'm going, if you think that's bad, this next <laughs> one's really going to fuck you up. So my question for Mr. Brad or for you about Mr. Brad Nestler, because yeah. uh, I didn't know this information about him. Uh, <laughs> were you worried that uh what you were saying was gonna start trending on twitter (laughs) Uh, i mean i love brad nessler and he was the greatest sport ever but that would have been so awesome uh no listen first of all yeah so just so you know when you when you're doing a roast you're writing a roast you know you you really you literally can change a lot of shit up until up until the very last minute, you're kind of, especially if you're going up late and you're seeing all these guys going up and doing all these jokes that you kind of have the same, and it's it's beaten to death. So you got to edit on the fly. You you come up with shit with somebody that bombs on the roast and goof on them. So you're constantly editing, right? And the night before the roast, a bunch of us were staying at this uh, Airbnb. And myself and Cassio, who was on the roast, a great comic. And uh, I love Cassio. He's my buddy out here in Bama. Um, and and we were just kind of going over our sets, practicing them, um, timing it out, because we had a certain time limit that we had to do. And in the course of it, you know, I said, I don't have anything on this Brad Nessler guy. He's a legend in broadcasting. He's He's... CBS college football uh, voice of the SEC squeaky clean guys a fucking boy scout right and he's the roast master and so my juvenile stone mind goes from point A to point B which is oh Nestler rhymes with molester I'm gonna call him a pedophile in a joke right yeah I mean it's a natural jump you know Uh, voices of SEC boom pedophile so uh, I write this joke 
Um, and the guys at the table, their jaws are on the floor. They're dying laughing. And I'm like, I got to keep this in. And then, of course, inspiration strikes. And as I'm going through my list, I'm coming up with more jokes. You know, Casio's giving me one. I, and I'm like, shit, I'm going to do this thing where I'm just going to keep going back to Brad Nessler throughout this set and keep calling him a pedophile. And look, this is something that, you know, weed's a gateway drug right. to not other not other drugs. It's a gateway to something you think is a really good idea at the time <laughs> that when you sober up later, you realize this one got away from me. You know what I mean? I, I lost it. So at the time, this was the funniest shit any of us had ever heard. I couldn't wait to do it. If the if there was a stage, I would have gone up and done them all right that minute. And uh, and here's what happens, right? I get to I get to the venue the day of the roast, and apparently some of the guys were so impressed with the jokes that they told other people uh, <laughs> the jokes. And word got back to some of the higher ups about the uh, Brad Nessler chunk, as we say in the uh, comedy biz. So I was approached and I was told, you know, we cannot have Brad Nessler walk off the show. And I'm like, he's not because it's also in the delivery mechanism. Right. right? As weird as that sounds, you're calling somebody a pedophile and you're going, it's the way I'm saying it. But it is really that like it's the energy that's behind it and how you put it out there i've gone up and told jokes that uh i've killed with that didn't work because i was angry or my head wasn't in the right it just didn't come out the same word for word it's the same joke it's the energy that puts it out so um you know they were like you got to talk to him before i go of course i'm gonna talk i'm not gonna t-bone this guy in an intersection with this shit and i met him backstage i explained to him uh in a nice way without revealing my hand necessarily listen uh there's going to be some shit i'm going to say about you and it's going to be wild and i just want you to be aware of it and okay with it, it doesn't come from any malicious place there's not and he and he was a great sport he said you do whatever you got to do you're the comedian he's like and uh and he was great about it and i think i did like five or six pedophile jokes about him throughout the set um which you know, I loved every single one of them. I I, I missed one because uh, they were wrapping me up, but uh, but yeah, it was it was a great experience hearing that wave. It was three thousand people hearing that wave of groans and then laughter after each joke was. I'll never forget that. That was killer. What was the Nestler joke you missed? Do you remember it? Yeah. Uh, at one at one point, I was gonna look at Rick, and I'm gonna go, and I go, "Hey, Rick, you know, uh, Brad Nessler can't have dairy, not because he's lactose intolerant, because of the pictures of the kids make his, him come instantly." <laughs> and uh, that was gonna be the capper, but I think the one I ended on was, "We're getting started, guys. The night's still young." So don't try to fuck it, Nessler. That was, uh, I think, the last one. I got <laughs> that probably worked. I don't know yeah, why I'm laughing. Was, like I like I feel should I feel bad laughing at those jokes? No, he was great. After the roast, he walks up to me. His wife was with him. They both uh, gave me a hug. We took pictures. He he couldn't have been a better sport. Uh, his wife slipped me a note that said, you're right. And, uh, and no, I'm kidding. Um, but no, he was they were both 
class acts, man. He's a pro. The reason why he's a legend in the yeah. business. Uh, he was great. Everybody there was great. Uh, everybody took, you know, because I, I had some brutal shit, man. Brutal. But, you know, I figure you got to make your mark at a roast, right? Right. That's where it's done. <laughs> um, Bully Ray, though. Bully Ray, this is uh, the second time I've heard Bully Ray on a roast. Yeah. And um, he seems to be, uh, and I think you said it on, uh, oh, with Bischoff. Uh, he seems to be going into business for himself. Uh, he's not. <laughs> roasting the way a wrestler doing that can yeah. you believe that i mean exactly. sit down for this news uh is he a one-trick pony i mean he relied on tables his entire career and now he's relying on not doing uh you know typical roasting jokes like like what's up with that i just want to stay for the record because bully knows where i'm at uh it, he said it bully not me um no i don't think he's a one-trick pony i think and and i talked a little bit about it with bischoff um wrestlers uh i imagine you know i've never been a wrestler i've never been in the ring but i i've heard from a lot of them that they go especially guys like flair they go by right. the feel of the crowd right and they and they can sense when they need to either pick up the match slow it down you know they're they're constantly vibing off the energy in the room and i think you know bully um at the end of the day is a, is a nice guy, um, at least to me anyways, but that'll probably stop after I said that. Uh, but he's, he's also up there with comedians who, this is what we do. This is, this is, we take this very seriously. We've been writing for weeks at this. Like it's, it's really not his bag. And, you know, a lot of those guys don't want to go up there and, and fucking, you know, to quote Cornette, be flatter, flatter than a plate of uh, piss, right? So, you know, maybe it's an audible that he calls because he wants to get the crowd uh, going in a different direction or something. Maybe he knows, hey, I, I'm not going to sell this properly because I don't feel this about these people, so it's not going to work. Um, I don't know, but but my only thing was like with you going up there and being like, I'm not going to say all these terrible things and rip up the jokes and then go, you know, I love this man and, and I'm not going to be a dick to, well, what you're doing is you're burying the rest of the comics because now whenever we say something that was just funny and, uh, and, and kind of cruel, but more funny and you knew it now, now it's just going to be cruel. The funny's gone because they've been lectured that, you know, this is not what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take the high road here and look at the end of the day, if that's what he wants to do, by all means, I'm not going to stop the man. He's gigantic and scary, but, uh, but yeah, I had already gone up, so I didn't really give a shit. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's annoying. It seems like bullies, uh, quote unquote, letting people in on the work of roasts, which is kind of annoying, especially coming from a wrestler, but whatever. Well, I mean, look, it's not like he's given up how we blade during the fucking roast. You know what I That's mean? True. Like, it's a rub. People uh, assume that people are writing and, and, you know, we a lot of the comics, I think all the comics that were in the roast wrote for uh, the wrestlers and, and celebrities and wrote jokes for them as well to use. Did all of them use it? No. 
why? I don't know. Maybe they didn't feel comfortable. Maybe they didn't like the jokes. But, you know, whatever there was an issue with, I know the comics that did write, I wrote, you know, some stuff for uh, for Vicky, who was phenomenal, <laughs> had a great set. Great. She she kept it, you know, perfect time and, and read everything perfectly, had, had uh, great stories in there that I didn't even have to touch. I'm just like, this is perfect. Tell the story. Um, you know, and then there, and then there's, you know, Ty Domi. What are you going to do? You know, <laughs> um, you talked about parallels and, 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 in the way, uh, uh, kind of tell a joke and tell a story. Um, yeah. if you're a stand up comedian, um, if people didn't know that already, not according to Reddit, go ahead. Oh, really? Oh, please. Everybody hates everybody on Reddit. It's fine. That's true. Uh, what are the parallels between stand-up comedy and uh, cutting promos in wrestling? That's that's funny. Um, I guess cutting a promo would be similar to doing crowd work in right. comedy, okay. where you're where you're just talking to the audience and trying to get something out of people and trying to make that funny on the spot. Um, it's a skill. You know, my buddy James Mattern, who I mentioned, he he's one of the best hosts in New York City uh does a lot of warm-up for tv shows like the guy is so personable and and can riff with anybody about anything and so i think that's somewhat would be similar to cutting a promo is is just kind of go you know they have this uh jeremiah watkins is a comic uh out of uh, la has a show called stand up on the spot i believe it's called and and they and a comic goes up on stage and they literally flash the topic up behind him, he has to look and see what it is, and then he has to make it funny. So improv. that's like improv. Yeah, that it's improv, but it's also you know, we're that's the closest to cutting a promo will come to. I, right. I think. Yeah. But uh, it would be good. They have roast battle. It'd be good if they had promo battles where just people comics had to promo against each other. That would be fun. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I mean, let me tell you something, Carrot Top. You know, stuff like it would be great. And then he'd pull out some sort of prop to, to, to yeah. cut you down. Yeah, yeah. A pair of scissors or something. You better bring all the props you got, motherfucker, because it's going down Sunday night. Flint, Michigan. Uh, Sheboygan. Sheboygan. <laughs> um, uh, you fell in love with wrestling, WCW, 605, TBS, all that fun yeah. stuff. Yeah, right? Yeah, that was the first wrestling I watched was Shivani uh, and and David and and, and Ross was uh, yeah with Row Warriors, Flair, and the Horsemen, Luger. Um, it was great. It was it was, and then I watched WWF uh, at the time as well. But I don't know it was something about that that NWA World Championship Wrestling. Uh, studio wrestling i I don't know i dug it man i really really dug it yeah i think and i think we were hitting on that studio wrestling before the quote-unquote pandemic hit us uh hard uh nwa was was like peaking right before that right and then it hit us and now you know everybody grabbed the wrestlers and it's it's making its way back well nxt was like that for a while right like that it was it was up at full sale and it was you know it wasn't as small as the tbs show but i mean it It was was the same concept yeah absolutely and and you know you look at that format that they had on world championship and it was it's so simplistic you know my wife is amazing 
I call her a chef. She's not a chef, but she might as well be. She's amazing when she makes stuff. And she told me a long time ago, the less shit you put in, mm -hmm. the better it tastes, Damn right? Straight, yeah. And and that world championship wrestling was simplified to its purest form. You got you got a top guy or mid card guy. You got a fucking jobber. You go in there, you squash them, you showcase all your shit. Then you come out, you talk your shit, and boom, and that's it. Simple, simple, and and it worked. And they told great stories. They, you know, they set the hook in all of us back then, um, and it was great. I always loved though that they would they would cut promos about somebody, and they'd be like, "The next time I see you, I'm gonna kill you." And then they go to commercial, they come back and they're and the guy he was just threatening to kill comes out and does a promo. It's like, how did you two not meet in the back? What what happened? They they didn't pass each other. One left. Right, right. One but left. I love it. Anytime you can watch Cornette in his prime, I I'm fucking down with that, man. That dude. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a guy who would be amazing stand up. That guy would be an amazing stand up. Yeah. Even if you just because there's some people that can, you know, guy once told me there's people you give a phone book to to read and it's just a phone book. And then there's people that can make the phone book funny. <laughs> and, and he's one of those dudes, man. He could totally make it funny. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I love his shit. Man. He gets a bad rap, right? Yeah, I guess so. But, yeah. you know, he, he speaks his mind. That's why people people, yeah. you know, it's no different than Howard. The people that hate him listen more than the people that like him. Yeah. Um, it's that same principle. And, you know, I always respect somebody who speaks their mind, for sure. says what they want to say. Um, does he go Russo too far too. sometimes? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. But, like, I don't know the guy personally. I think there's still an entertainer in him. Yeah. Um, and so he knows what he's, he's a lot. You know, he's a smart, smart man, not only in wrestling, but just the science of people and how to get reactions out of people and the, the psychology of, you know. It started with Carney's. He's uh, like, to me, he's like an OG of that. Like he, he'll fucking play with your head, man. He'll get you looking one way and come from the other. And, and I dig that about him. Plus, you know, I, there's a lot of stuff that he talks about that I agree with. That's, right. that's wrong with it today. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta be open-minded. It's, it's, if this last three years have taught us anything, it's like fucking, you can't just listen to one thing and run with it. You gotta, you gotta have an open mind and understand and have dialogue and, and figure some shit out. Cause it ain't good. Right. Um, you know, and he, he always said, which is, I always find interesting is that they peaked in the attitude era because they could never top what they did in the attitude. Era. Right. And so, it's never going to be better than that. It's never going to get to that point again. It's interesting. It it's interesting. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but he makes a good point. Well, I, I think it's interesting because I think uh, the main uh, viewership that's watching wrestling right now, like my age, like maybe we're the, I think we're the same age, uh, but our age. How old, how old are you? I'm about 42. Yeah. Yeah. We're the same age. Yeah. So. Our age, like, we can't think it gets any better than the Attitude Era. It was the fucking best that it could be. And everybody wants it to go back to that. It's not going to. It will never get back to that based on a lot of different aspects of life. And I, I think Cornette has a good view on that. And, and 
I don't know. He gets a bad rap. Russo gets a bad rap as well. Yeah, I agree with that too. I I know Vince. He's he's always been awesome to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's he's really a uh, a good dude, man. Sweet guy. Um. You know, got to know him. Did some shows with uh, Reverend Bob Levy on his uh, network for a little bit called the BS Show. Yeah. Uh, good dude, man. Really good dude. Good family man too. Um. Yeah, I was listening to that before. You mentioned Bob Levy. We, we, ha- I have a whole history with Bob Levy. You, uh, the miserable, blue cheese, the, the miserable, yeah, that oh. time with blue cheese, the miserable men show that you probably have yeah. no idea about. But you guys used to do on the miserable men show, um, which was phenomenal way back in the day when it first started. You guys yeah. had a. And I don't remember the name of the program or or whatever it was, but you were able to like video chat in. You guys were Zoom before Zoom was a thing, mm-hmm. and I, I, I was there all the time. And and there was one time I video chatted in. You guys had Beetlejuice on as well, mm-hmm. and Beetlejuice got me and you confused. Yeah. Yeah, can you believe that? That doesn't sound like him, <laughs> yeah, right? And yeah. it was, it was a. I mean, besides my kids and everything I've done with my profession, but it's the highlight of my life. Uh, you don't have to tell me, man. I've been in a hotel room with Beetle watching uh, Foreman Ali, and he's pointing to Foreman, <laughs> telling me how he trained Ali, and I go. <laughs> I go, that's George Foreman beat. And he goes, I, tr- I trained him too. So he apparently trained both of them. Of course he did. Um, yeah. So he's, he's the best man. If you'd have told me, you know, uh, for 13 years ago that I would miss rooming with Beetlejuice on the road, I'd tell you you're insane, but I miss the hell out of that dude, man. I, I loved hanging with him on the road and, and experiencing, uh, life with him and seeing how people, reacted to him and how he reacted to people it was it was amazing we'd be in the airport i remember this guy comes running up with a cell phone he goes oh my god beat i'm a huge fan my brother's on the phone he's a huge fan can you say hi to him and beat just goes go fuck yourself and your brother and the, and the guy i'll never forget the guy gets back on the phone he goes did you hear that that was awesome he was so happy about it i go b you've carved out a place in history man where you can tell your fans to go fuck themselves and they leave walking yeah. on clouds yeah yeah Crazy. yeah beetlejuice was cameo before cameo was a thing Oh my God, he was, you know, and we'd always, he'd always just wander off. Uh, you know, he, we found it when we'd bring him to do miserable men, cause we would do miserable men Sunday nights, mm-hmm. seven to 11. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I'd have to be up Monday for the show. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we would, we would literally land at JFK and me and Levy and Beetle would get in a cab and go straight to Sirius with all our luggage. We haven't even gotten home. We do four hours of radio and then go home. So, a lot of times he would be so fucking angry because he's not home, but he's back in New York that he would just walk off. And we found him at a strip club in Times Square once. We uh, found him trying to check into a hotel uh, another time. Uh, you know, one time on the road, he wandered off and came back with a Howard tattoo on his arm. So it's like, yeah. So you never know. You never know what you're going to get with beat, but I miss it. I do. I mean, I, I miss personally I miss the entire miserable men show. Uh the- well you're in luck. You know, we're back. 
the Miserable Men Show. I heard. Yes. We're back on Patreon. <laughs> myself, the Reverend Bob Levy, Mike Morse, uh, who's another brilliant roast yeah. writer, wrote for Lisa Lampanelli for many years. Um, uh, and uh, Mark Burns and okay. Brent Hatley. Uh, another former Ooh. Stern staffer. Yeah, so we've added swinging uh, to the miserable allegedly. Men, uh, <laughs> allegedly, we still we all know he's lying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we have uh, a big crew now. We're back. We've we've done about seventy episodes, and and uh, and I'm I gotta say it's it's my favorite thing to do during the week is that show because I end up just having tears running down my face. Everybody. Is so funny. We all just fucking kill each other. We we have our own little whack packers. Uh, nice. It's it's a fun thing. We we tried doing it as a podcast in iTunes, and we, we got thrown off of that. So we're uh, just on uh, Patreon. That's the only place you can check out the show is patreon.com slash the miserable men show. All one word, and it'll take you to our page. But it's it's fun, man. You gotta. You got to come back in. You got to yeah, get in there and, and check out some shows. Actually, yeah. uh, can we find that page? Because I have, uh, you're on Twitch. You know, I have a bot yeah. throwing out auto commands. I have your link tree on there. Is it? Can I? Can right. I get it on there? I, I believe so. Okay, cool. And and if not, you know, you can get my uh, social media, okay. and you know, uh, much like Vicky Guerrero, my DMs are wide open, no, so you can hit me up with whatever info you need. I'm kidding, Vicky. I love you. You know that. I love Vicky. I'm Tori. I, I just <laughs> forgot. Go ahead. Um, yeah, that's that sounds fucking phenomenal to me because my favorite part of Miserable Men was first of all hearing Brett Hatley back on in any fashion is good as well. Uh, he still does lie, but trying to hear Bob spell. Uh, was my favorite. I used to call in and try to get him to make an absolute fool of himself, which was easy to do. Uh, yeah, and it's the I magic did, of Bob. Yeah, Not a lot is, of hard work there. Like I used the words uh, um, aisle, so like a, a grocery store <laughs> aisle. <laughs> I got to bring that back. I got a next show. I'm going to throw that word up there and see yeah. what he can make of it. But we um, have. The fun thing about the show now is when he misspells a word or we just ask him to spell something, we have it. My producer, Iso, has it saved. We do it on StreamYard. So, yep. you know, while he'll be arguing about how smart he is about something else, <laughs> Iso, Iso will just put in the way he spelled Hawaii. And it's and it's like the fucking best, man. And he's, yep. you know, he's he's a legend, man. He can give it as good as he gets, oh, but he's, so he's he knows He's a radio pro, man. Yeah. I love I love working with him again. I'm glad we patched up our shit that and, is good. and we're pals again. And uh, we might be going on the road to Canada together uh, shortly. I'm supposed to hear back, but myself, oh. him. Yeah. yeah, I had I had your website up here earlier with your stand up spots and I missed them. Yeah, no problem. I, I'm end of September. I'm in New York for uh, for a couple weeks. I'm going to be doing, uh, I believe it's the 22nd, 23rd or 24th, uh, three shows, one in in uh, New York Comedy Club in the Gramercy location, another one in Atlantic City Comedy Club and then Fairfield, Connecticut. And then the following weekend, I'll be in Long Island at McGuire's in Bohemia and uh, you can get tickets through my website shalom shuli.com shalom um well mr shuli 
uh, which I like to say, by the way, Mr. Shuley. <laughs> um, it's not a porn. It's a it's not. Well, whatever. Yeah, we'll explain it in another show. We're working in the next show. Uh, I'm t- <laughs> we're nearing the end of the show. I could have you on all night. I mean, we could talk stuff all night, but uh, I'm going to leave stuff on the table uh, like my kids do as well. Uh, and um, I'm going to give the mic to you. It's the end of the show. You can put over whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. You can bury anyone you want if you want. Uh, mm. I will not interrupt. The floor is yours. Okay. Well, let me just uh, put over. Uh, this is something that a lot of people probably won't expect and will come as a surprise. But I just want to put over myself, if you don't mind, because I'm doing a lot of great shit. Uh, we have the Shuli Show. We have uh, a Patreon, patreon.com, the Shuli Show, where if you get on there now, not only do you get the Shuli Show, and if you subscribe on Apple or wherever you hear podcasts, available everywhere. I'm a very big deal in Bulgaria. According to the charts, I'm like number 54 or something. Um, You sign up to the Patreon. You get access to the Discord of the Miserable Men Show Patreon. You get access to my Discord. Not only that, you get access to a ton of old Stern content that nobody else has because it's all shit that I have on my phone that I recorded, that I videoed, stuff with all your favorite whack packers, and, and... I have a new show that uh, you'll get as well ad-free through my Patreon called The Uncle Rico Show, mm. where I bury numerous times a week a gentleman by the name of Stuttering John. So if you're into some real-life shit and you want to hear uh, a guy fucking get torn apart, you come check that show out. You check out The Miserable Men Show. You check out Uncle Rico. You check out The Shuli Show. That's what it's all about. ShalomShuli.com. And let me tell you something, pal. If you don't think I'm fucking serious about this, you can go fuck yourself. You understand? Let's do it. Phenomenal. Shuli, thanks for giving us your time. And fuck Stuttering John. Have yourself a great night. You too, brother. Thanks for having me. Vanessa, you're a little too chatty. Keep it down yeah, next time, okay? Very, Thank you. very chatty. Appreciate it. Bye, everybody. Later. Wow. Great. We should just show, call this show Barry Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs>